MSW Media. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right? It just, is it right? It's completely right. Because yeah. you're looking at me like I no, just said your it, name backwards. It, no, it just sounds like a... Uh, it's so sultry that oh, I nice. can barely stand it. All right, try okay, it again. Let me try it. And, don't, and don't, be not, don't not be sultry. I'm not okay, okay. encouraging you to not be sultry. Yeah. I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. there. Good to see you. All right, I can't actually see you. In fact, if you were here, I wouldn't be able to see you that well because I had eye surgery last week. Tell you about that in a moment. But coming up a little bit later in the show, I'll be doing a little tribute to my old pal Dave Pickerel, the legendary master distiller. Popped up in my calendar that Dave passed away five years ago. This month, on November 1st of 2018, we lost Dave. His heart gave out on him. Very unexpected, very sad, and it rocked the spirit's world. Dave was the man behind so many legendary spirits. Maker's Mark, Hill Rock, Blackened, Whistle Pig. Dave had a hand in all of those brands, and he is missed So I dug out an interview from the archives that uh, I did with my old Drinky Fun Time co-host, Emma Patterson. We chatted up Dave at the Bourbon and Beyond Festival in Louisville, Kentucky. I believe it was 2017, this interview. But boy, a lot of the stuff that Dave talks about, it it still holds up. Very fascinating and and sad to hear him talk about his future plans, and a number of which were not realized because... It's not here anymore. Regular listeners know in the past few episodes I've been talking about some of the shit that's been going on, and I do mean shit. My poor dog, Buna, we nearly lost her a couple of weeks ago. She was in dire straits health-wise, but I'm happy to report that she has made an incredible comeback. It's nothing short of a miracle. I want to thank the folks over at Green Dog Veterinary Practice in here in Venice, California. Dr. Geist, I don't know if he wants to be calling him out on the air, but I'm going to call him out anyway. Internal medicine specialist. He figured out what was going on with my dog when I'd taken her to a number of doctors and vets that couldn't figure it out. And he did. And he got her on a a course of uh, treatment that has brought her back from the brink. Buna is doing really well. Boy, I just couldn't be happier about that. The dual whammy, in addition to dealing with the dog, was I've been dealing with a retinal issue in my eye since back in July. It turns out I had a torn retina. They repaired that. It hemorrhaged. They repaired it again. It hemorrhaged again. 
The concern was that it was going to lead to a detached retina, which is the, that's the nuclear apocalypse of eye maladies, ailments. You don't want the detached retina. It's bad. Requires a major surgery with a very, very long recovery time. After my second hemorrhage blurred up my eye and I couldn't see anything, my doctor, my my ophthalmologist, my retinal surgeon, Dr. Wender. I'm calling out all my doctors. Dr. Wender, he's the best. He recommended that we do surgery to fix things up. The procedure is called a vitrectomy. And it basically, they go in, you've got a fluid in your eye called vitreous. It's a gel-like liquid in the middle of your eye. It holds your eye together and it does other stuff, I imagine. And so in a vitrectomy, they go in and they remove the vitreous and they replace it with something else. In this case, a gas bubble to hold my eye shape while my body produces more vitreous that will eventually replace the gas bubble that's still in my eye. I can't see shit out of my left eye. It's very blurry, but it's getting better each and every day. Dr. Wender assured me that the surgery went well and that someday I might return to what normal eyesight or what counts for normal eyesight at my age. Uh, it's been a, it's been a real trip. And I am between the dog and the eye. There were numerous times where I found myself looking up to the sky and thinking, what else you got for me? And that's not a dare, universe. I don't want any more. <laughs> this is good. But right now, it seems like Boona and I are both on the road to recovery. We're on the mend. And for that, I am very grateful. I invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Imbiber. The podcast Instagram is WWD underscore podcast. Send me a note. Tell a friend about the show. Let's spread the word to the masses about what we're drinking. Get some people in on the fun. Speaking of drinking, how about some drinks of the week? Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's. Drinks of the week. Jazz hands. Liquid Alchemist is a uh, company that makes premium cocktail syrups. They've got Orgeat, Prickly Pear, Passion Fruit, Apple Spice, and uh, like a dozen more. Really good syrups that turn, you know, Plain everyday drinks into memorable elixirs. The founder is a guy from Los Angeles, Randy Tarlow. He used to be a bartender behind the stick, as they say. But uh, 15 years ago, he started doing this out of his home, and it got picked up by Southern Glazers, one of the biggest distributors in the in the country. I think it is the biggest. And boom, Liquid Alchemist took off. They have an affiliated brand. It's called Hipsters. Hip. S-T-I-R-S. See what they did there? I don't know how I feel about the name. Is it really clever? Is it silly? What I do know is that Hipsters also does craft cocktail syrups. These are non-alcoholic syrups. And they have just come out with a seasonal collection in time for the holidays. And I tried them all over the weekend. And I got to tell you, damn delicious Pumpkin spice, old-fashioned, and cranberry pie were the flavors. They're 
available now through the holidays. You can get them individually for $13.99 or there's a holiday gift pack for $39.99. I go to the hipster's website. I don't know. It put me in the mood. Pumpkin spice. Look, it's overdone. Pumpkin's everywhere. But, you know, there's a reason that it works because it just got me feeling Thanksgiving and Christmas. And to be honest, the shit sandwich that I've been eating for the last couple months between the eye and the dog you know it makes the shit sandwich not taste so bad pumpkin spice and cranberry pie and old-fashioned it's good stuff and you can go to hipsters.com you can go to liquid-alchemist.com or you can go to amazon they got it there some options for you in terms of ordering it and that's all i got for you for drinks of the week this so just the one thing some mixers but uh, i will tell you this whatever you're doing Whatever you're drinking, whatever you're mixing, whatever you're blending, how life is short, life is challenging, life is full of obstacles, but you got to figure out a way to get around those obstacles and enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. Go by as quickly as a wink. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Friends, I love football. I really do. There's just something so exhilarating about watching grown men in silly padded outfits getting in there and mixing it up. And speaking of mixing it up, how's that for a segue, huh? When you're having friends over to watch football, the last thing in the world you want to do is be spending half the damn game playing Master Mixologist. It's a time-consuming pain in the ass. That's why my fridge is always well-stocked with ready-made mixers from Fresh Victor. If I've said it once, I've said it 14,763 times. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home. But if you use lame mixers, you're going to get lame drinks. That ain't going to happen with Fresh Victor, a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that are as smooth as Josh Allen throwing the long ball. Fresh Victor features eight unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. Mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a blowout win of a deal to my listeners. Simply go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. Touchdown! Score! Something else! Here's what I know. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. Ladies and gentlemen, you are partial to the greatest drinking show of all time. With us now, a man who makes whiskey. Formerly for Maker's Mark. And now, for Whistlepig. Whistlepig! Whistlepig! <laughs> and Hill Rock. Very good. Please welcome to the show, Dave Pickerel. Dave! 
Thank you. Dave, it's good to have you, man. It's good to see it's you. It's good to see you again. It's been a while. Dave, Pickerel, for everybody listening out there, is, uh, I mean, you, know, you throw around the word legend a lot, but this guy is a legend in the whiskey-making world, and tell us about your legend. Oh, my God. Talk about yourself, Dave. Well, that's kind of a hard thing for me to do. Um, I, uh, my background is that uh, I started out consulting for Maker's Mark back in 1989, if you can believe Whoa. it. Whoa. Oh. That's the year Emma was born. I, yeah, I, yes. That just shows you how old I am. 1989. One drink for that. Um, and then uh, five years later, Bill Samuels literally walked out of his office and invited me to become his master distiller. Did well, that's that, crazy. Did that, so how does that was, happen in a five year? What, what did you do to distinguish yourself in that five-year period? Um, pretty much all of their engineering work. Um, you know, something to break down. They'd call me, and they didn't have an engineer on staff, and so I would just design everything for them. Got to know the, the team really well, and it seemed like a good fit. And I remember the day I was, I was literally doing some, some work out in, the, out in the, the back lot of Maker's Mark, and Bill Samuels walks out of his office and hollers at me and says, hey, come over here. I go, yes, sir. He goes, uh, did you know that we're looking for our next master distiller? And I said, no, sir, I didn't. He goes, well, that would explain why you didn't apply. Because um, <laughs> we, we went to. We are. We just got done, and we've gone through our entire list of applicants and didn't find anybody we like. We're tired of looking. Frankly, we like you. If you want it, the job's yours. That was my whole interview. All I had wow. to do was say yes, which took me to like... To become the master distiller of one of the most iconic, not just bourbon brands, one of the most iconic... Brands in history. Brands in history, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was just amazing. I'm Getting to sit at the feet of Bill Samuels for 14 years was just an amazing experience. Wow. Yeah. Um, he, is, he is literally, he's one of the three smartest people I've ever known, and... Probably the would, single would I be best in the, would marketer. Would I be in the top three, two? Um, I don't five, think so. Maybe, maybe six, six. Maybe someplace in right. the 10 to 25 range. Thanks, I don't know. Dave. In the Sorry. minus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I stayed with Maker's Mark for 14 years as their master distiller. And then the allure of craft spirits and rye in particular just caught my heart. And uh, hard to believe, nine and a half years ago, I left Maker's Mark and uh, with the concept of starting Whistlepig up. And, uh, and Whistlepig is, so in the industry, Whistlepig is, you know, fairly new, but fairly new. Like, fairly you, new. You, like, uh, not, but, first bottling. And, but and, has yeah. a massive, you know, there isn't a craft cocktail bar, a high-end craft cocktail bar that doesn't carry Whistlepig. Right. No. And, you know, it's one of the fun things. When we, you know, when I started at Makers, everybody, it was very formal. It's Makers Mark this and Makers Mark that. And you could tell when the consumers kind of got a second gear because they started personalizing it. It was Makers or it was Mark or it was Red Wax. And, and, uh, and we saw, I've seen the same thing happen with Whistlepig. When we started out, it was very formal. I'd like a Whistlepig need or a Whistlepig this. And now you see people walk in the bar and they go, you've got the pig. Yes. Yeah. I'll take a. I'll <laughs> Where's take the name a, come from? What's Whistlepig? Oh, my God. Great story. So uh, my partner, Raj, is a. Uh, Kind of like Winnie the Pooh in some regards. He needs a thoughtful spot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he was up in Vail, Colorado back in 2007 working on a project and just needed to get his head wrapped around a few of the details. So uh, off he goes on a wooded lane, minding his own business, deep in thought, and he hears this rattle of a mountain bike and just heck bent for election. A guy flying down the hill. He looks up, 
And, I mean, this guy's bearing down on him. He's got long gray hair, looks like M. Emmett Walsh, no helmet. And the guy's distracted. He's looking at something in the woods, and, and he almost runs Raj over. Not, drops his bike, jumps off, and he's looking back and forth between Raj and whatever it is in the woods. And he goes in his French accent, could it be? Could it be a whistle pig? <laughs> and Raj looks at him and goes, "What?" And the guy looks at him, you know, and makes this snappy noise with his uh, with his handing like a kiss. And he's going, "You know, whistle pig." And Raj says, "Who are you? And why are you in my face?" <laughs> and the guy looks at him and goes, <laughs> "Gets on the bike, takes off down the hill, and he's gone." Raj is already in a contemplative mode, and he just stares at the the sky, and he goes, that was the most bizarre human interaction I've ever had. It must be a sign from the heavens. I need to do something with this. So he goes home, names his farm Whistle Pig Farm. Two years later, we're shaking hands. We're going to bring this rye brand to life. And I look at him. I ask him about the story. He tells me, and I go, must be a sign from the heavens. That's what our name needs to be. And uh, wow. so since nobody knows what a whistle pig is anyway, we decided that we're just going to appropriate the definition. For, so for us, a whistle pig is anybody who likes the finer things in life. So wow. you can all be whistle pigs. Well, I'd just like to thank you then because yeah. I've had whistle pig. I know whistle pig really well, actually. I'm, I'm used to seeing it a lot. Good. Yeah. I mean, am I just blessed because we live in Los Angeles? No, I think it's, it's kind of all over, right? Yeah, right. And producer Barry loves it. Producer. I know he does too. I'm actually headed to Los Angeles in a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, We're not going to be there. Uh, oh. Well, no, because it's my birthday, so Dan's making me sit in the car for six hours. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Where are you going? We're going Arizona. to Arizona. I had one of the one of the most fun guest bartendings I've had in a long time in Phoenix. Really? No kidding. Um, I love bartending, I have, and I don't do enough of it, but... Um, I was there for Arizona Cocktail Week, and, and one of my friends got me behind the bar at Ostrich. And at 8 o'clock, literally, they go, Dave, get behind the bar. And everybody walked out, all of the bartenders, all the barbacks. And they just said, it's all yours, buddy. <laughs> and I don't know what overcame me, but I just started chatting people up. And I'm not serving anybody drinks. And all of a sudden, after 15 minutes or so, I look at the first guy and I said, you want a Monte Carlo. And I just started making him one. And here you go, and that'll be 10 bucks, you know. And then I look at the next guy and go, but you want an old-fashioned. And I was literally going one at a time and making all the classic cocktails for people and not giving them a chance to order. About five or six in, people are going, what do I want? What do I want? And, and it became a feeding frenzy. Before the night was over, we had served every single bottle of Whistle Pig they had, all the 10, the 12, the 15, plus four backup bottles that I brought. It was just a zoo, and it was just hilarious. I mean, I, I, I think I might even try it again because it was I so think funny. <laughs> but it was just, it was just a hoot, you know, just not, I mean, not letting anybody order and just, just telling them what they were. Boy, I have. like how you throw out the Monte Carlo as the classic because I don't ever hear anybody order that. It's I love a, a Monte it's Carlo. A, it's a ride. Benedictine and it, it's a Manhattan with Benedictine, Benedictine instead yeah. of vermouth. Oh. That's and right. so it's a I haven't heard that drink, drink in forever. Oh, but it's I, so good. I'd been over there before. I'd, have you ever been to Benedictine in Fay Comp? I have not yet. So no. it's in France. Yeah. And I, I, that's the only time in my life I've, I think I've ever heard of the Monte Carlo. I don't think I've, have you ever heard anybody order it over here? No. But oh, I like how you, drink. It's a you great if so, somebody said that and you knew it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. kind of impressive. I mean, I mean, I'm writing a cocktail book right now called Why Not? 
Oh, no, come on. And, uh, to that. Oh, no, yeah. second. And, uh, the crowd thank you very much. It. The crowd I goes know. wild. Oh, they, they, they but uh, um, it's with, uh, I've, I've got a co-author, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Amanda LaFrance. And uh, um, the first section is the history of America seen through the eyes of rye whiskey, known as the rise and fall and rise of rye. <laughs> And then the rest of it is is a really nice bartender-friendly cocktail book. All the recipes were submitted by bartenders. And it's going to be lay-flat, water-resistant pages, big font so you can read it when it's dark out, color-coded edges by the type of, type of cocktail it is. And yeah. We're, 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 we're heading into the clubhouse turn on it So right that's now. coming next. Yeah. Well, i got to say one thing. Maybe two things. Oh, well, the one thing can't is. Can't imagine that. Well, there's two things. One thing is Stevie Nicks is coming on very shortly, and we're all going to get ready and go see Stevie Nicks. Second thing is Dave Pickerel coming on our show and gracing us with your wisdom and your whiskey. And we're going to see you. Well, we're not going to see you in L.A., but we'll see you soon. I'm sorry you won't be there. No, it's a bummer. But uh, get Whistle Pig. If you've not had it, you've got to have it. The Hill Rock, right? Excellent. Whistle Pig, Little Pig. Oh, I should also, before you leave, you know that, that our boss hog that's just getting ready to come out was just voted best whiskey in the world by the San Francisco International Spirits Whoa. Competition. Whoa. Let's do it again. That's cool. And the crowd, hey, please, everybody, stop. Stop, Dave's blushing. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, Dave, it's good to see you, man. Always good Thank to see you. And this is a, uh, let's raise a toast yeah. here. Let's Cheers, Dave. Here. Thank you. And to you, Dan, and producer Bo, and CC. Cheers. Oh, right. so Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, I invite you to follow us on Instagram at the imbiber. That's me. Follow me. Podcast at WWD underscore podcast. If you want to shoot me an email, info at whatwe'redrinking.com. You put a little voice message or something. I'll put you on the show. I'll do that. I'm up for the challenge. Next week, our old pal Joe Beatrice from Barrelcraft Spirits is going to be back. We're talking holiday spirits. The new uh, expressions coming out of Barrel. They always got great stuff coming out, and Joe's going to fill us in on all that. And then in in the coming weeks, we're going to have a New Zealand wine episode. We're going to have a winter wine episode. We're going to have William H. Macy back on the show, our pal. He was on last year, and he's returning. Woody Creek Distilling is the brand that he's involved in. And with that, I'll leave you with a joke. Guy walks into a bar, and he asks for 10 shots of the finest single malt scotch. Bartender... Looks at him warily, but alright, he sets him up. The guy takes the first shot in the row and pours it on the floor. And he takes the last shot in the row and he does the same. And the bartender looks at him and says, Why'd you do that? To which the guy replies, Well, the first shot always tastes like shit, and the last one makes me puke. Alright, fine, here's another one. Maybe you'll like this instead. A weasel walks into a bar. Bartender says, Wow. I've never served a weasel before. What can I get you? Pop goes the weasel. Oh, yeah. You know why I busted that one out.
Bring us home, third base. You can't be autistic, intricate raps becoming so simplistic. I got a strong mind, it doesn't have to be spoon fed. And I can read, it doesn't have to be read. So some stay illiterate and feeble, legally licked. You go the ways of the weasel. Pop, pop, pop.